Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, it's the full CHGO White Sox crew. We got Vinny Dubert joining us on the far left. He is the CHGO White Sox beat writer you can follow him on twitter at Vinny duber and the man in the middle is herb lawrence hello you can follow him on twitter at ecknerwall 23 he's the chgo white Sox community leader we are here to recap the rockies and white Sox series the white Sox lose today six to five it was an interesting game it was i don't know pretty frustrating to start three earned runs for lucas giolito to start the game but the white Sox clawed their way back in had the lead, a 5-4 to four lead, after seven innings. And then heading into the ninth, the bottom of the ninth, things got tricky. Uh, a lot of things happened in between there that we'll talk about. Uh, Leary Garcia, Joe Kelly, uh, you even have Lucas Giolito. But let's start at the end of the game. Kendall Graveman was unable to find a strike. And then when he was able to find uh, uh, the strike zone, uh, Diaz hit it for a walk-off, uh, putting the uh, Rockies up 6-5. to five. What do we make of the end of that game? Is it mainly just a cause of the White Sox being banged up and having a game yesterday, or is it larger issues? Uh, I mean, I, I think if you look at Kendall Graveman's season, you have to be pretty happy with, with what he's done. He's been pretty good uh, all year long. That's what the that's what the, the numbers say, obviously, and, and certainly here's a, he's a guy who they paid premium money for to get a premium reliever uh, that could pitch at the end of games, and he's really been – Pretty good at doing that uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. Now, obviously, it's going to stick with people today, the images of today, uh, and that was just about as bad as you can do in the ninth inning in a one-run game, walking three straight guys without getting an out and then giving up a game-winning hit right after that. So, uh, yeah, what do I make of it? I make that it was a terrible day for Kendall Graveman. <laughs> uh, does it make it a terrible year or a terrible problem that needs to be solved? No. But here we are probably, what, three times in the last – five games now we're talking about a bullpen blow up yep. um you know and and guys who are really really good Kendall Graveman and Liam Hendricks being at the center of a couple of those so um Rick Hahn said that the bullpen is going to be his n- number one priority at the deadline and uh boy does it look like he's got reason to have that be the case because uh the way things are going it really seems to be a daily basis uh, right now where we're trying to figure out who's available who can pitch and again some of that is just a baseball season but today right I mean no Liam Hendricks because he threw 26 pitches last night gave up a home run and then they turn around and play a day game that's Part of that is baseball. Part of that is your guy not doing what he's supposed to be doing. I mean, if Liam Hendricks had thrown 11 pitches last night and thrown a scoreless ninth inning, he might have been out there again today. Mm -hmm. But that's not what happened. And so uh, uh, a rocky stretch for Hendricks, who obviously we know is one of the best closers in baseball, teamed with some other things going on in the bullpen. Now you got some more injury issues to talk about maybe with Joe Kelly. Uh, Yeah, Rick Hahn's going to be looking for bullpen here over the next few days, and and it looks like he's going to need it. 
Yeah, it was something that we were expecting uh, them to need would be bullpen help. But uh, Herb, this is something that's even a little bit different than what I was expecting before this game because it felt like Joe Kelly was feeling all right. It yeah. felt like he was getting some good results. It felt like Kendall Graveman, there were some shaky moments with him, but he was mostly reliable. Liam's been fairly good uh, throughout his entire contract with the White Sox uh, this year. And then it's really, you know, Jose Ruiz, Matt Foster, Tanner Banks. Can they turn it around or can the White Sox even upgrade them at the trade deadline? Really now, outside of Liam Hendricks, I don't know who you can trust in the bullpen. Um, I mean, Jimmy Lambert pitched three pitches in Colorado and got three, three outs. outs, two holds. Now I see people talking about maybe he should have left him in the game, and that's, I think, hindsight right there. If Tony LaRusa doesn't go to Kendall Graveman that ninth inning and Jimmy Lambert does what Kendall Graveman did, they're all over Tony LaRusa. Now, Kendall's got to perform. Three walks is un- unexcusable. Like, you got to get the job done. I don't have a problem with what Tony did right there. He did what he had there, and Kendall Graveman is his best option there. And, yes, Jimmy had one pitch, and so he's well-rested. He only had two the other day. But I know myself, if he brings in – Jimmy Lambert in that ninth inning, there's nothing that good comes out of that if he gives up a run. Oh, Tony's doing too much. He's got Kendall Graveman. We paid all this money for Kendall Graveman, and we're going for this guy we've had in the minors forever, a minimum uh, salary guy. So this is all on the individual players who didn't succeed, and he will need to go out, and Rick Hahn need to go out and get multiple bullpen arms because – Joe Kelly left today, and he has been largely ineffective, but lately been good. You see what Jose Ruiz is. He's really a guy that you put in the game when the game's either out of hand either way. I don't know if you actually rely on Jimmy Lambert to go down the stretch, even though he's been good this year. A 2-2-2 ERA, every time he's going out there, he's giving you a chance to win. And then Liam, you've had the UCL for years, but for the most part, he's been good. So, yes, Rick Hahn has his work cut out for him to go and get multiple arms and a left-handed bat because this team struggles still. Smiley versus right-handed starting pitchers for some goddamn reason. The story of the bullpen this season, at least from my standpoint, has really been Hendricks has been good, Graveman's been good, and everybody else has kind of taken turns at being mm-hmm. good, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you look to a guy who pitched today like Matt Foster mm-hmm. or a guy who pitched today in Jose Ruiz. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people would say that those guys are – super confidence inspiring but they've each had their stretches where they have been among the best pitchers out of the bullpen the problem is those stretches have come to an end right and so you're at the point where you don't really know what you're going to get from basically anybody who isn't Graveman or Hendricks right now Um, and obviously we're talking about recent results in which those two guys uh, have not been able to get the job done too so I think you're absolutely right I think the the multiple arms is something that Rick Hahn's going to have to try to do if for no other reason because you need a lefty, and you need a guy at the back end. Yep. And that's the bare minimum of what you need. I suppose you could get that in the same guy, but you really need multiple multiple uh, upgrades there because of the way that the injuries have taken out your lefties, and now you're, you might have another uh, injury to Joe Kelly in which uh, injuries have taken out your back end guys too. And I guess that's what's extremely frustrating to me is the fact in the offseason you go out and sign Kendall Graveman to $24 million deal. He's worth eight point five this year. You go out and sign Joe Kelly. He's worth about $7 million this year. And you go out and sign Vince Velasquez for about three point two. right? You just – invested around $20 million into your bullpen on three arms only. My big frustration with the White Sox, especially this year, is the fact that they haven't rotated more arms in and out of not only their 26-man, but their 40-man roster. Um, They're not getting results from some of their guys that are currently on the AAA team, that are currently on the 40-man roster, that are taking up 40-man space. And I think that the White Sox should have address that depth issue more in the offseason. They should have gone out and gotten five to six relievers who have somewhat of you know minor league experience that you think you could work on a couple pitches to improve on in your pitch lab that has turned Jimmy Lambert into a great option out of the bullpen, has turned Davis Martin into a somewhat reliable spot starter from Charlotte, right? You've gotten good results out of your pitch lab, and it feels like the White Sox haven't even used it to their full capability. We see that Tampa Bay does a great job of just rotating arms and arms and arms in and out of their bullpen, and you don't know a lot of the names that they come that come out of that bullpen, but they figure out a, a way to have a very good bullpen and a bullpen that helps them win. The Sox, 
I'm frustrated here because we've seen enough of Matt Foster. We've seen enough of Jose Ruiz. We've seen enough of Tanner Banks. And they're still giving shots to Anderson Severino down in Charlotte. Like, the White Sox should have put more uh, assets into or more money into getting more depth, right? They should have built out this depth more for, for this bullpen because when Kelly and Graveman aren't, performing your big offseason acquisitions like it's just too many eggs in one basket I think is what I'm basically saying here it's frustrating because now you're gonna have to go out into the trade deadline and see if you can add you know maybe three or four bullpen arms to provide that depth for you it's frustrating (laughs) it's really the only word that keeps coming out of my mouth even with the way that the lineup or bullpen was thrown out today. I think people have issues with Matt Foster going first, then Jose Ruiz, then Joe Kelly, then Lambert comes in to bail out Kelly after he has the uh, right bicep flare up. And then Graveman comes on. I would have liked to see maybe Lambert get a full inning. We talked about it already. I mean, yesterday he only threw two pitches. I would have liked to seen him maybe in front of Matt Foster, maybe instead of Jose Ruiz. And we saw him when uh, Foster and Ruiz were getting into issues when they were had some some runners on. We saw Jimmy Lambert warming up, so yeah. I, I thought it was odd that they didn't go to him earlier. I think that Tony believes that like seventh, eighth, and ninth are only the high leverage situations, or you know, late in the game. And he wanted Jimmy Lambert to be available for those situations. In a uh, in a real world, he probably would want that to be set up for him to be in that eighth inning. But yes, I would have loved to see. Jimmy Lambert to give more of a high leverage situation than you had with Jose Ruiz. I know Jose Ruiz has pitched well. I mean, his last two outings, this one and the one before, haven't been good. I think before that, he was like at 10 to 15 scoreless outings. So I could see why Tony had faith in him, but I would go faith in the guy that has done the job all season long in Jimmy Lambert. So, yes, I can second-guess Tony on there. And I initially I said, you know, they have a limited amount of options today in the bullpen, so I can see why he goes to Jose Ruiz, but uh, you just got to perform. Well, After a while, you got to perform. Right. Jose Ruiz has to come to the table and get no outs, uh, have zero runs cross that t- across that plate when he's in there. Tony can only put in the players that are out there, and now they have to perform. I didn't feel that was an egregious thing to put Jose Ruiz in when he did. I mean, eventually it did come back and bite him in the ass because he did give up one run to make it 5-4. to four. I mean, that, guys, those were the guys that were going to pitch today. There, there, wasn't, there really wasn't any other combination. Right. The only pitcher who was, I think, available who didn't pitch was Tanner Banks. I mean, these were the guys that were going to pitch. You knew Matt Foster going into this game, or I should say you knew once Lucas Giolito came out of this game that Matt Foster was getting an inning, that Jose Ruiz was getting an inning, uh, and I was actually surprised that Joe Kelly pitched at all, to be right. honest, uh, given that he went uh, 20 pitches just last night uh, in another high, very high-stress inning for him. He got himself into another jam today before he left uh, with the injury. So, um these are the guys that we're going to pitch today just because of the way things went, the way the schedule has worked out. And, Herb, you're absolutely right. It, it's on them to get an out. It's mm-hmm. on them to get an out. And there were guys who were not doing that. Even the scoreless innings today were really Shaky. bumpy ones. Um, and, yes. and, I mean, Ken, and, and Kendall Graveman, at the end of the day, is the best pitcher you had available to come out of your bullpen. He's got to get the job done. And he did the exact opposite of that. <laughs> 12 of his 17 pitches were balls. Right. Like, right. Like, I just wonder how we're feeling if Kendall Graveman performs like Kendall Graveman does. Are we still seeing that this game was totally fucked? Because it was, no matter what. The result makes it even more. But, you know, we're process over results. Even if they win this 5-4 to four or, yeah, 5-4 to four and Kendall Graveman does his job, there's a lot of problems with this White Sox team. So many problems. And, yes, the glaring thing right now is the bullpen because of how we lost. But I think the offense of scoring seven runs in two games in Colorado versus those two pitchers that they threw out there in Sensatella and Marquez is more the bigger story for me because – they usually play well on the road. They usually hit well on the road, and those guys are no no great shakes. They're not even. Sensatella is having a five a sub five ERA right now, and five and a half for Marquez. We should have crushed those guys. The execution on offense was not great either. But totally, this is a dumb team. It's a team that doesn't execute with runners in scoring position. They have few guys who are, who come through like AJ Pollock, but they need something to spark them we you know we we every time we think oh here we go and then no we're right right back to 500 right and it's it's 
snip, snap, snip, snap, just like Michael Scott said, uh, you know, about Jan and the vasectomy. Um, I mean, it's it's just, it's, wow. it's up, it's that's down, quite, it's That's back, a good reference. Forward. I was not expecting that one. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and going up real quick, I don't know if we've, we've mentioned this. Um, Vadon right here, Patel, uh, saying, what about Lopez? Is he injured? So after Saturday's outing, he apparently is dealing with back soreness. So Liam Hendricks, we assume not available because he threw over 25 pitches yesterday. And then Raylo not available because he's dealing with some back tightness. So And, and he threw 25. 25 pitches yesterday, and it was a today is a day game after a night game. Right. You know, if they are in, and if, if tonight's a night game, maybe it's a different situation. I don't know. Well, and hello, let's look at Joe Kelly, who also threw 20 pitches in last night's game, and in this game, left with an injury. He left with a right bicep uh, discomfort. Uh, what the White Sox said, he said uh, he'll be further evaluated, so we don't have enough on Joe Kelly right there, but. It's his throwing arm. This is a guy that's dealt with nerve issues before and before the season. In that muscle. In that muscle. So this is like maybe not the worst case scenario, but I'm definitely holding my breath about this because the guy that the White Sox signed to be one of their setup guys this year, Joe Kelly, is now been bad and also might be injured as well with something that is lingering. So I, I Well, we don't know. I wouldn't go that far, but well, that's it's could possibly all I'm just you just point out that the injury that he left with today is in the same spot okay. as the injury that he had when they signed him. It's just concerning. So sure. I, I, Absolutely. I, I don't know. <laughs> and and even to this point, too, uh, this is from Daryl Vance Gowan. Uh, he's out in Colorado. Um, and Kendall Graveman said about pitching on back-to-back days and, and being smart with their usage. He said, we have to be careful and smart with usage, and we also have to win baseball great games. The biggest thing is communication. If you can go that day, you let them know, and if you can't, then you need a day. We're already more than halfway through the season, and for the body and the mind, it's tough through a 162 season. The dog days are coming up, and you have to be strong enough to get through it. The White Sox right now, or today's game, really didn't show that they were strong enough to get through it in their bullpen department. And, I mean, we're not sure if Joe Kelly said, hey, I'm not ready to go today, but maybe Tony still makes that call and says, hey, we really need you at this point just because we thought we might have gotten more innings from Lucas, or maybe we would have been able to use Jimmy Lambert more. You know, it's... It's a, it's a tough spot that they were put in just with Raylo not being available and Hendricks not being available. And I think also the White Sox, the way they run their IL, it could be trouble, especially you're going to Colorado. You know that Raylo's not available for the whole series. And I know you don't want to put him on the shelf for, what, 15 days when you probably need him for the Oakland series and the Kansas City series. But no one's available in a spot. He's just taking up a spot that won't be able to be pitching. You know that Colorado's going to be tough. You know Lucas is going out one of those starts, and he hasn't been that great this year. So you're like, okay, we're going to have one of those games. Might be a bullpen game. So we need to do some some uh, back-end uh, bullpen things where we can be safe when we need a guy. Maybe Davis Martin comes up for the, for uh, Raylo there and give Raylo the 15 days of rest and because Davis Martin has been pretty good in his uh, stead when he's been coming up for the White Sox. I just don't like that necessarily, but also, like I said before, performance has to come through. You can't win if your pitcher is just throwing balls. I know that Kendall Grave is not trying, but he wasn't he wasn't. He couldn't hit it. The right. Command control was gone. Well, and it was, it was complete, totally gone. It was a complete opposite of yesterday. Yeah, he, he threw eleven pitches in yesterday's game. Threw nine of them for strikes. Today he threw five strikes and seventeen pitches. It's a complete opposite. And you know, you mentioned the IL stuff here with Raylo. Raylo not going to the IL, taking up that roster spot. That's the issue with the forty man that I see. There's no one that you can call up right now that could take his spot and be as effective as Reynaldo Lopez yeah. or even give you it'd, anything it'd be, that it'd is... It'd be Martin. Davis Martin would be, be the call-up. Right, yeah. it'd be Davis Martin, yeah. and he is a starter. Like he, he's a guy that right now is making starts in Charlotte, has seen like he's most comfortable in that role. And the White Sox have about six guys just taking up space on the 40-man roster. That can't help this team because they're bad and struggling in AAA. The only guy that might be an option would be Bennett Souza, but he's Ugh. a lefty and he had his own struggles up here in the major league level. So not only do the White Sox need help at the trade deadline, but they need help with their 40-man roster. And they need help with this bullpen because, you know, Tony wasn't in the best of spots today. I thought he might have been able to use the bullpen a little bit better, but overall, it's exactly what you're saying. Guys need to perform. I mean, Ke Kendall Graveman, five four lead. I mean, you, they you had gotta, they kid. had the game won. Right, yeah. the game. I mean, they had so. they had the game won. They had a, they had the lead going into the ninth inning with the second best pitcher in their bullpen throwing. Right, that's and, supposed to be a win. And they and you, I mean, so you can, you can you can you <laughs> can spend as much uh, you can spend as much uh, oxygen uh, as oh. you can muster on coming up with uh, every other reason. But the the bottom reason is 
Kendall Graveman didn't do his job today, and he didn't do it in glaring fashion, and they lost. They lost the game they should have won. I mean, you say, you talk about the offense, you're absolutely right. These are not, the Colorado Rockies are not a good team. You should be able to score more runs, but, you know, they scored two runs yesterday, and they won. So, good job. You know what I mean? They scored five runs today, and they should have won. That would have been a good job, but they didn't. The bottom line is not that the offense didn't come to play. You know, A.J. Pollock gave them the hit that they needed to get in order to, to, to win the game. The, 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 the relief pitcher who you counted on, who you gave the money to, didn't do his job. It's, you know, uh, you can talk about being put in a bad spot if you want, but uh, that, that was a fine spot for him to Perfect be in, and, uh, and he blew it. It was five, six, and seven batters, so it wasn't like the meat of the order. And what does Colorado, their meat of the order is at the three and four, so you didn't have to face Bryant and C.J. Crone. So I don't know. I don't know. Some yeah. of those things you just, I mean, Kendall didn't come through, and I'm not necessarily blaming him, but he, he didn't come through. Like, if he's giving up bombs, you can look at him and say, oh, man, what the hell, what's your pitch selection? He couldn't get the ball over the plate where he needed to. And, yes, Visconti, whatever, Jensen Visconti yeah, was a little precise, but also you saw the strike zone the whole time. And the one time Sebi caught a ball that was an actual strike of the slider, he caught it back in. And the umps are usually going to give that a uh, ball call anytime. So Kendall Graveman failed today. The White Sox fail to get the light dusting. And that was, yes, it would have been a nice dusting there. Um, and that was on a 3-2 count, the Sebi pitch. So if you frame that correctly, that might be a completely different game. It's a lot of what-ifs there. Um, interesting, too, for the Sox. I mean, last year, starting pitching was such an important part of this team. They were having guys going into the seventh inning, the eighth inning, and you weren't dealing with these guys being unavailable because they weren't just being used as much last year. The, the, the bullpen pieces that were so effective. This year, the Sox have the 10th most innings pitched out of their bullpen. And I know that the ERA is ugly but the FIP, the fielding independent pitching, uh, has been pretty good. It's, it's eighth in baseball. So the pitchers, for the most part, have been doing their job. Today was a good example of them not getting it done, and that's why the White Sox lost. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allCHGO.com and we'll help you out. And PointsBet's your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching, if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. There's more live betting, more live markets, and faster live cashouts with the PointsBet app. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Download the PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life at PointsBet. If you or somebody know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 100Gambler for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next partner, it's our newest partner, and we're very excited to tell you about them. Chicago sports fans, your home for the best Chicago sports coverage is partnering with a leader in the sports merchandising and collectible world. CHGO has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around. Whether it's Bears, Cubs, White Sox, Blackhawks, Bulls, FOCO will have something for you, your kid, a friend, or a loved one. If you're looking to get some new gears, collectibles, or accessories, FOCO has officially licensed swim gear for men, women, and kids with everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits and Crocs. And if you look at the White Sox one, they got a lot of nice bobbleheads on there. So I just want to say, you know, if you're a bobblehead collector, if you're looking to add to your, your brand new set here, uh, you know, your your video podcast set, you can go out and get the uh, Jose Abreu, Yoan Moncada, and Tim Anderson uh, triple bobblehead right there. They got Luis Robert and the City Connects, or a Dallas Keiko gold glove bobblehead. Wow, that's wow. exciting. We should get that one. Yeah, honestly, uh, hey, Brandon, uh, $75 for the uh, FOCO bobblehead. Uh, we want the Dallas Keiko golden glove one. Uh, uh, we'll get that for the uh, the Rangers series when he pitches against the uh, White Sox. There we shuts go. Us, shuts us down. <laughs> Foco, as you covered the best Chicago merchandise of your favorite team, head over to Foco.com or click the link in the below, uh, below in the YouTube description. Again, Foco, F-O-C-O.com. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off, again, at Foco.com. 75 bucks for the... Uh, the gold glove? The Dallas Keuchel. gold glove. That's Bobblehead. pretty good. That's exciting. That's pretty good. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the offense here because I did see Melissa say no home runs in Colorado. Yeah. Are you serious? Not only no home runs, but only five extra base hits. All doubles uh, for the White Sox today uh, and yesterday. Important ones from A.J. Pollock. Important ones from Yohan Moncada. But it just wasn't enough. Uh, you mentioned the frustration with the offense. What would you see? 
I just saw a lot of their bats were fine, but this is Colorado. I don't know if you do a thing. You're like, hey, let's have an emphasis on getting underneath the ball, getting the balls in the air. But I don't know. The White Sox had a lot of ground ball double plays, and the one they had, uh, I think it was a Yasmani Grandal, lined to a double play with uh, Jose Abreu. It just seemed like more times than not when they had runners in scoring position, they were doing exactly what the pitcher wanted them to do. Instead of taking the ball to right field, dumping over the first baseman's head, they're grounding the ball because they're way out in front of a slider and grounding the ball to shortstop for an easy GIDP. I don't know what the execution was, what the game plan was versus these two guys, but it did not work. We're only getting two runs versus Marquez, and I think they only got two runs versus uh, Sensatella before he had to leave the game. Not good. Not not good enough. This team should be hitting home runs. And I know people are clamoring for Aloy, but we talked about that in the pregame. Like, A.J. Pollock is hitting much better right now. He's having a good time, and he can patrol left field, unlike Aloy, who uses an injury risk and doesn't play a left field particularly well. Well, and, and we you just saw him pull up in Cleveland trying to catch a fly ball. That was one thing that uh, Tony said was in the biggest outfield, putting Aloy out there just might be something that they completely avoid, which they did. And like Vinny said, day game after night game, 100% you're going to not have the catcher who caught the day game, the night game before play catcher again. So you had to have your hot bat of Yasmani Grandal at designated here. So Aloy can't bat right there. That move that move paid off handsomely. Yeah. They scored they scored five runs on three hits all with two outs. Mm-hmm. Two of them came from Pollock and Grandal. Yeah. That that move that move worked perfectly today. And, and I know people will get on Lori and I will get on Lori, but him in the lineup I don't mind necessarily because Adam Engel really hasn't done anything with the bat as of late. I mean, he did well in Minnesota before the break, but you need lefties to go against Sensatella today. I don't necessarily want him in center field, but he, you know, got on and he's the one who started the rally by hitting Sensatella with the ball right back up the middle. Knocks him out of the game, too. Lurie is not smart for getting picked <laughs> off at third when uh, Yohan Mankata walked right there. That was one of the worst plays I've seen in a while. But as Lurie is wont to do, makes a great catch in the gap and then hits that ball off of Sensatella, which starts the rally for the White Sox in that inning. It wasn't great. The offense needs to be lifting the ball. I don't know. Frank Minichino is telling us these guys are not listening, whatever. Home runs at Coors Field should be just – Assumed. That's what I assumed that Lucas was going to give. Give up home runs. I don't care. Make them solo shots. The White Sox should be better on the road, especially at Coors Field, especially versus those two pitchers. They should absolutely be hitting more home runs. There's no doubt about that. And I think that's probably the big takeaway here offensively is, man, they can't even get, get the home run ball when they go to Coors Field. That being said, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, they, they did enough today. The yeah. offense did enough today. And, uh, I mean, how how long, how many weeks did we sit here saying they got – where is a game where they could score five runs? When are they going to score five runs? Today they got five runs. It's, you know, it's not like the greatest thing on earth, obviously, but um, they did enough to win. The yeah. bats did enough to win, and the, and the bullpen let them down. Uh, and last night the bats only scored two runs, but it was enough to win. And I think – you know, at the end of the day, you've got to be. This team's got to win games. This team's got to start winning games. That's what it's. That's what it comes down to. And on any given day, it's going to be a different level that your, you know, individual facets need to reach in order to contribute to a winning effort. The last two days, the White Sox bats got to the level they needed to get to to contribute to a winning effort. It and and it didn't and it still didn't work out for them today. Right. And just going to the fly ball stuff and, and them hitting the uh, ball in the air. Uh, nine fly balls in this series against Colorado in just the last two games against Cleveland 19. Yeah. Um so they ended up hitting three homers in that game. Obviously uh, that was a, a good win on, on Sunday against Bieber. Uh, they end up winning that game too on Saturday 5 to 4 where Lance Lynn ends up starting. They ran into some bullpen issues there in that game on Saturday too. Um Right, because that was that was that was supposed to be a in sat- the Saturday games, game. the doubleheader games. They both, yeah, yeah. both of them. So yeah. I mean, the, the offense has been doing their job for the most part, um, and it's just frustrating when they don't hit home runs. But still, uh, that's not the reason they lost today. It's it's still on uh, Kendall Graveman and the bullpen not doing their job. But I want to go back to the Leary Garcia play. Um, I think it's the first time I've ever seen a <laughs> an inning end on a walk. Uh, that was surprising <laughs> to see, to say the least. I thought Mancato was at least going to get another at bat, but um, he just gets screwed. He gets uh, the uh, the on base, but let's take you through it. So Harrison flied out to right. That was the first uh, out of the inning. Then Garcia struck out. 
He got to first pace on a wild pitch, so drop third strike. Garcia reaches first base. Then Zavala singled to right field. Garcia went to second, and it was a weird play. Zavala popped it up. It sliced down from the uh, the right-handed batter's box to right field, and it dropped right in front of Charlie Blackman, Blackman right on the left side of the line. So it was a great job by Zavala. Garcia and Zavala get on. Then Anderson grounded out to first. Zavala went to second because Iglesias didn't touch the bag. Um, so Zavala and Garcia were safe. Uh, the return throw to first got Anderson out. So there's two outs. Zavala at second, Garcia at third. Moncada on five pitches draws a walk, and Garcia lollygagging down the third base line gets picked off. And it's not even like a, a catch and throw from the, oh. the Colorado catcher. Like, I mean, it's a catch. He looks and waits for Ryan McMahon to get back over to third base. They it's a great pickoff play, but it's also just why are you in that scenario in the first place? And honestly, I know Leary is well-loved by this team. He's well-loved by Tony LaRussa. He is the longest-tenured White Sox. But that shit can't fly. I, I understand he made a great, great play in center field. Uh, it was a nice play in the gap there. But also him jump-throwing from the warning track, it didn't affect the play, but it's just weird fundamentals. Him grabbing a, a ball that was a one-hopper in center field barehanded. barehanded yeah. It's just odd for a guy that doesn't show that much skill on the base pass and in the, in, in the field, he really is pretty lackadaisical out there, and this is what you can't get from this player. He needs to be your smartest player. He needs to be your best base runner. He needs to be your best defender, and he needs to be perfect when he's out there and he just hasn't been this year and I would love to give shit to Joe McEwing but that is a grown man at third base that's played baseball for mm -hmm. a long ass time I don't know where you're going it's a 3-1 count with a left-handed hitter up the catcher has a clear view of you he sees you perfectly he's been seeing your ass trying to creep down get that good secondary lead where are you going it's two outs it's not like you have to bust it because it's a one out, and they might be coming home to get you and cut you out for the run. It's two outs already. And the ball was outside. Ball, four. Where are you going? Where are you going? Like, and the pitcher wasn't showing signs of hitting the ball in the dirt, so I got to get that good secondary because he's going to throw that slider. Because he wasn't in an advantageous that just a pitcher's count where he's ahead and he wants to go to the dirt. So it made zero sense for Lurie to be caught off, you know, the, the old adage, don't be making the first or third out at third base. That is probably one of the worst outs I've seen, especially a team down at that point, to ever get out. Like, where are you going? And he was out by a good margin, too. Like you said, McMahon was, like, at shortstop position, and he ran over to third base. That's how much Lurie was out. They had the third baseman run from the shortstop position and still get him out by plenty. Yeah, that has – I don't do the, the punitive thing where you do like uh, Bobby Cox did with uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Jones where he's like takes him out of the game in the middle of the game and to embarrass him. But I say some words. There's got to be something. I'm sure Tony and Joe McEwing and all the guys are going to say some words to Lurie because that can't happen. That is a poorly coached team and a poorly executed play by him because I don't know what he was thinking in that moment. It makes zero sense that he was that far off the bag. Yeah, the only thing that I can think of as an, as an explanation is, again, what we talked about, what we've talked about recently, trying too hard, trying to do too much, yeah. which is, you know, I'm on third base and I'm going to score if there's a if the ball gets away even a little bit. So I'm going to run halfway down the line, but that's not that's not smart. No. You know what I mean? Like right. and it's so finding ways new ways to right. lose. Right, your your it's it's your you, you know your wanting to do it so bad that you're forgetting what you're supposed to be doing, and and that's uh, yeah that was that was an awful looking play, no doubt about it. Uh, I would say this. Larry's an easy punching bag for everybody because his numbers are what they are. There's a lot of people on this team oh, that yeah. have made mistakes like that this year. And, and I think that uh, the base running, the defense, uh, these are things that have stuck out uh, about this team as, you know, you want to know why the White Sox are 500 and not uh, uh, hitting the heights that we thought they would be by this time of year. Right. Those two areas, which, uh, you know, are ones that, that everybody really focuses on when it comes to fundamentals and stuff like that, uh, they have not been – 
up not they not, haven't they've been far from up to par we'll put it that way uh and i mean i can even remember a few weeks ago maybe it's a month at this point uh, summer's blurring together <laughs> a little bit but you know asked tony you know where is this team fundamentally and he said honestly at the time it's a work in progress and you know and it, he was he was confident that they would get it to work but we've seen far too many plays like that play this season and i i think you know if it, if we if we hadn't you look at that play and you go what was that what is he thinking kind of thing at this point it's very much a trend because that's what this team has been doing all year long and to put on that you're talking about a team leader a guy that is an all-star shortstop tim anderson ground ball double play pretty much routine yeah. double play forgets to step on second base the old school neighborhood play would have would have reigned there but that hasn't been in the league for five to ten years so Tim's got to do better. He's better than the guy that makes those mental and physical lapses from time to time. I need him to be better there. He made up for it eventually with uh, a single. He got a lurie in, but we don't need to be made making up things. We just need to be executing simple plays. Step on the bag, and Tim likes to do that. Take the ball himself, doesn't uh, trust himself or feels that his arm is good enough to get the job done. And then throw to first, get the double play. That is what Vinny's talking about. It's not just Lurry. It's superstars that keep on doing that all time and time again. And Tim cannot do that. Well, he is the leader. He is one of the leaders. And he's an all-star shortstop that started the game. That can't happen. And when we've seen the play, I think it was recently, I forget, I think it was either Kopech or Lance Lynn starting, uh, where T.A., grabs the ball and tags the guy with the glove, but the ball's not in the glove. Like, there, there, there has been recent plays like that uh, that have been frustrating to see from T.A., but it was also pretty close. I mean, like, if there's no replay... It was pretty that close. That's a good out. point, yeah. I mean, I mean his, there's no space between his foot and the bag there. It's just not touching the yeah. bag, which apparently they can they can tell. Um, and, and, and still, his, his foot ends up lifting the bag after he throws it, but... It's a very bang-bang play. I understand Tim wanting to get the, the ball out of his hand as quick as possible to get to first. I, I can't bash him on that, but in a game where you lose 6-5 to five like I mean, this, you got you got to look at every single that thing. That didn't cost them ultimately because no, no run scored, but still, it's a thing you just got to clean up because eventually it will cost them. Well, and I mean, that, that's the thing, too, is like all that Larry stuff happens – They've got the lead in the ninth inning. Like, is that even the most memorable base running mistake they've made this year? I mean, Danny Mendick in Toronto. Oof, yeah. uh, what Oof. about the triple play? I mean, right. uh, there have been there have been times that the Larry one today was really bad. Ooh-wee. It might not even be the worst. I would say it is the worst, just because in that triple play and even in that the the tagging play with Reese and, and uh, Danny Mendick there, it's two guys. At the same time, like there's a lot of issues with that. It's Danny Mendick uh, tagging up when he shouldn't have, right? And 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 Reese is just doing his job. It's Moncada and Ingle not communicating. Like I feel like that has more on the coaches and the team right there. Like Daryl needs to be telling Danny, "You're staying here on that Reese play." I mean, Daryl and and Joe need to be more clear with Yo uh, Yoan and and Adam on the base paths. Um, and clearly, it's not any single guy. I mean, we were talking about five different guys here in this one thing. Um, but Leary, it's such a singular moment. Leary does not need to have that big of a lead. Joe clearly needs to tell him something uh, when he sees him taking that big of a lead. But also, you can't make the second out at third. This would have loaded the bases for A.J. Pollock, and that could have just ended the game right there. I mean, they could have been up four runs, and we might not even see Joe Kelly in this game, and we might see Tanner Banks because it's a comfortable enough lead to go with Banks, Foster, Ruiz, and then maybe, you know, Jimmy Lambert to end it. Like, that could have been a game-defining moment where you have Senzatella on the ropes, A.J. Pollock, who's hit him well throughout his career. That's probably the biggest boneheaded Base running error that I've seen, and I understand the triple play has never been happened. You know, especially that that ilk uh, has never happened before. So I, I get that people might pick that one, but this Leary one is just so shocking. I mean, there wasn't even a ball in play to get out on. Like, I mean, he walked. He walked. The, the bases walk. would be loaded if yeah. he just stood on third base. The bases would have been loaded. I I don't I don't get that. But uh, yeah, you know, talking about the fundamentals in a whole, uh, it's just been it's it's been brutal to see. And this team doesn't take the extra base uh, below league average and extra base taken percent. Uh, Jose they, Abreu did today. Yeah, that's true. And yep. we saw Aloy do that as well yesterday. Yep. I mean, there's been some moments, but for the large majority, it just doesn't feel like this team is the smartest on the base pass um, outside of when they're stealing bases. They're really good at stealing bases. 
all this being said, and so to bring some sunshine to you guys. As the clouds part over the city of Chicago behind us. So beautiful. The White Sox are terrible or just average. <laughs> but guess who That's is? That's the sunshine? But guess who else is? The Minnesota oh, Goddamn Twins. They're terrible, too. And the White Sox are even how badly we Minnesota! feel. Exactly, Joe. They're terrible. And the White Sox are only three games back. And if they could have won today, there have been two. They're catching these some bitches. I don't care what you guys are saying in the comments. They're catching them. Even though the White Sox are fundamentally flawed and they have lapses of judgment and errors all the time, they're better than Minnesota. Book that shit right now. Book it. We're going to the playoffs, damn it. Here's the thing, though. If we're going to the playoffs, I really feel like it's coming down to that scenario we've been talking about. The last nine games, six of them against Minnesota. Guys, ever since I said this, there have been two very entertaining baseball games played. Now, I know no one is ha- no one in this uh, chat, no one sitting next to me is happy about the way it turned out today, but that was, a, that was an entertaining game to watch, at least today. Yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of things happened. Uh, there's a lot to talk about sure, from the exactly, game and yeah. stuff that we might not get to. Um, it, Guys, it's move the teams, the score is changing, the lead's changing back and forth. <laughs> and Jimbo brings a fun. good point, and, this, yeah, and it was Vinny who brought it up. It's like, be honest with yourselves, even if they win the division, are you going to enjoy it? no. Vinny, Vinny brought up every game will be like this, and I don't enjoy like it was a lot of frustration, a lot of why are we doing this? Like I don't want that every game. Can we get a laugher once in a while? A, a big time ass whooping of Detroit this weekend. We got Oakland. I know they just swept the Houston Astros, but some teams match up well versus other teams. Those A's aren't anything, and. Theoretically, they'll be trading some players away, and hopefully they'll do it before this weekend starts. They should dominate the A's this weekend. They should dominate the A's this weekend. When it doesn't happen, I'll come back here on Sunday. I'll be like, fucking shit, again. Not, not like, even 10 days ago, the White Sox beat Minnesota 11 to nothing, and you're, you're looking for a blowout. More. 11 to nothing. More. That's a big blowout. Right. Do it again. You're looking for Toronto. Like we do it so few and far between. We did it like early in the season with the Tigers, then again with the Tigers like in June, and then we get finally Minnesota. We beat them like they stole something. July 9th, 8, eight to nothing over Detroit. July 12th, 7 nothing over Cleveland. July 14th, 12 to 2 over Minnesota. July 17th, 11 nothing uh, against Minnesota. I mean, there's there's some decent we got five in there. wins right there. Four in the past I mean, I guess last week of the season. Yeah, five and ninety plus games. Thirteen and four against San Francisco. Eleven and four against Los Angeles. My point I, is I that, that you know it's it's happened at least a little bit more than we're between. used to. Well, I mean, more in between than than what we're used to. I mean, this this year's been rough. I mean, this is still the best this offense has performed. Uh, I mean, this is probably their best month. I think it's either this or June, and I don't think it's even close offensively. Yeah, it's been better. Yeah, we've been better, but we need to start seeing a little bit more versus this 19-game stretch. We're now 1-1 one one in the start of this 19-game stretch versus subpar teams. Well, and I see someone say, uh, it's Tom Jankowski saying, and this is the easy part of the season. Uh, the Sox still have the second easiest schedule uh, in the major leagues. But again, like this wasn't anything that like Colorado was too difficult. Again, we think that the White Sox should hit the ball in the air more, and that possibly could have led to more home runs, which would have made it easier to win these games. And the bullpen blew it. I mean, this team lacks fundamentals. And until the Hall of Famer baseball manager and his crew figures it out, this team's still going to lack fundamentals because it's not shown up at any point this season so far. And it didn't even feel like they were this lacking in fundamentals last year. Well, let's also remember, too, listen, obviously the the blame... Gets spread right. all over the place. I'm not trying to shield anybody from it because it, it's it's deserved from top to bottom in the organization. But let's also remember these guys are prof- these guys are major league baseball players. They're it's not like they're a bunch of little leaguers who you know have to be taught how to play the game. I mean, they should know what they're doing out there. Yep. And and you know again, like I'll, I'll say it again because I'm sure there's a comment coming uh, <laughs> ac- accusing me of something. But. Uh, Everybody deserves the blame, particularly the manager, because he's at the top. That's where the buck stops. Who also deserves the blame are the players who are supposed to be doing this and who've been playing this game for the last 20-something years of their lives and, you know, need to go out there and do that too. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always shielding. If only, if only I had Captain America's shield, then I would always be shielding Mr. C. But unfortunately... I'm I'm not I'm not Steve Rogers. I heard a rumor about Steve Rogers, and uh, I heard that Steve Rogers is actually on a plant-based 
uh, protein diet, just like Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields. Mm. I have to tell you about Owen, which stands I didn't for like that. only what I didn't you like need. that one bit. My bad. Uh, <laughs> Owen is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you <laughs> nutrition that works as hard as you do. All of their products are free of artificial ingredients. They're allergen-friendly. There's no gluten or dairy in them, and they're easily digestible. I've really liked them uh, when I've been either working out, moving stuff from apartment to apartment. It's been really nice to replenish the energy that I exert with Owen. I enjoy the chocolate uh, flavor. I enjoy the vanilla flavor. I enjoy the salted caramel flavor. I really enjoy the strawberry banana flavor. They really do provide a great boost for you. And like they say, they're a snack. So even if you're not working out, it's still 100% plant-based protein that you're putting into your body. There's no gluten or no dairy, so it's not going to mess with any of your allergies or anything like that. It's allergen-friendly, and it's free of artificial ingredients. So everything that you're putting into your body is going to be good for you. And I first heard about Owen from Steve Rogers, because I guess he's older than uh, Justin Fields. But I also heard it from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. Owen and CHGO have partnered up partner up to give you an awesome offer you get 20 percent off your first purchase at liveowen.com that's l-i-v-e-o-w-y-n.com and with code chgo20 you can get 20 percent off your first purchase again at liveowen.com join me justin fields and steve rogers and try owen it's only what you need and uh, we are coming to you live from the chgo studios here in the west loop of chicago if you want to become a member go to allchgo.com you get the live shows, you get the podcast, you get the pregame, postgames, all for free, but the exclusive content is behind our paywall at allchgo.com. If you become a member, you get a brand new free t-shirt, and we got some dope swag to pick from. Herb's wearing one of the shirts we got. Damn. If you like the logo, you can rep just the CHGO logo and, uh, and and call letters. That would be great, but we got some new Sox shirts as well. We got some new Cubs shirts as well, and we got the great CHGO Skyline shirt, so now is a great time to sign up and when you get access to all chgo you get access to vinnie duber's articles uh, he just recently wrote about michael kopech's performance in colorado and how jose quintana might fit into that mix if they are able to acquire him and you also talked about rick Hahn and what he thinks uh, about the second half of the season so make sure that you go to allchgo.com become a member you get the free t-shirt you get access to vinnie and all of our great writers articles and you also get access to the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge, where you get to shout out and, and chat with all of us live in-game. If you get, you know, if you see Leary Garcia get picked off third base, uh, you know, after Yo Moncada walks, you can go and message all of your frustrations to us in the CHGO Lounge. So if you want to help support us, allchgo.com is a great, great way to help us out and go and support us. All right, let's go out to Colorado. Daryl Vince Gowan uh, is in the clubhouse. Talk to Joe Kelly post game. And Joe Kelly said he's confident he won't miss time and that it's the same issue uh, that delayed his start to the season. So he's confident he won't miss time, but also he missed time with this issue before. So we don't know a ton about this, uh, th this injury. We don't know a ton about what's happening and how he's feeling. But again, the concern level, at least for me, is there just because this is something that has bothered him before and it kept him out for a fair amount of time early on this season. Yeah, he's already had two IL trips uh, this year, including the one that, that started the season that dated all the way back to the spring. Uh, and that he says that's the same issue, huh? That's what he, that's, I, I don't have Daryl's tweet in front of me, but yeah, he yeah. said it was the same issue. So the yeah. nerve. Yeah, word for word was just the same issue that held him out in the, in the start of the so season. So there you go. And uh, we'll see. I think we'll see, right? I mean, listen, he, he couldn't pitch with that, and, and the White Sox didn't want to rush him. They were very, very adamant at the beginning of the year that it's like, yeah, Joe Kelly's not going to start the year, but that's okay. They wanted him to make sure that he was full go and that he could be there for the end of the year when they – I mean, listen, that's why you signed Joe Kelly. Yep. Not not for April. You know what I mean? All the games count the same, but Joe Kelly has a, world, has a couple World Series rings. You you wanted to get him to pitch in the highest leverage innings and in the highest leverage moments of this season, uh, and they were okay if he was going to be okay to do that with letting him sit out in April. If it's the same issue, certainly you got to wonder what – what the treatment is and you know if he's saying he's not going to miss any time I mean I trust him you know he knows his body obviously but uh we'll see how that uh, develops over the next few days obviously you mentioned everybody's mentioning they got the off day tomorrow uh we'll get an update uh from from Tony about it on on Friday I would imagine and we'll see maybe it is something that affects his ability only his availability only briefly you know what I mean yeah he'll be out for two more days but then he'll be back kind of thing um, and I understand that uh, that has frustrated some folks as well, the way that 
that has seemed to happen to a lot of different players this year. But, uh, yeah, it, listen, you don't want to be without him because Herb, as you mentioned, he has been coming on lately. Yep. And also he's got the he's got the experience to pitch in those late innings, to pitch in those high-leverage moments. You are running out of guys on this roster who are able to do that. You know, you were hoping that Garrett Crochet was going to be able to do that. You were hoping that Aaron Bummer was going to be able mm. to do that. You're down to three right now, and if you lose Joe Kelly for any more time, you're down to two, and that's uh, not a good spot to be in. Could definitely affect Rickon's work here over the next few days. And like we said earlier, Raylo, back problems are not a thing that you like to hear always would back you're like okay is this good today it might flare up later so and i see people talking about joe kelly we don't need him in six era as Vinny just said we're he's coming (laughs) that era was 10 not too long ago (laughs) he's looking good struck out two today gave up a hit and had to leave the game if he's feeling confident it won't take a long time for him to get out of this injury i trust the man he knows his arm just like liam knows his arm with his torn ucl these guys know how to get ready for a start, and he knows when to ramp up and when to be ready for the September and October games. Joe Kelly will be fine, and if he does come back and healthy, I don't have a, a worry about Joe Kelly pitching for the White Sox. His, the 6 ERA is not of Joe Kelly. Yeah, he's, he's not that bad. I'm just concerned that if this is going to be an issue that consistently comes up. If not, I'm, I'm not too worried about him. If he comes out and he's able to pitch, he doesn't have to go on the IL, you know, I'll, I'll – all's well that ends well um you know you you had to use Jimmy Lambert and that really wasn't the issue the eighth inning was fine for the White Sox today it just wasn't what they were expecting with Joe Kelly and maybe you just don't pitch him on back to back days uh, like you just did and part of this uh the reason why I'm bringing this up too um Matt Spiegel reported that Joe Kelly's contract stated that he couldn't pitch in back-to-back games until July 1st um he ended up pitching on July 1st and July 2nd in back-to-back games um and he ended up pitching on back-to-back days on the 11th and 12th and the 22nd and 23rd so this isn't something new new for him but he is dealing with some more increased usage so maybe that is causing the flare-up here Um, but in his last seven innings only five base runners allowed 10 strikeouts Uh, that's not including today but he's been very very good so uh, and especially with his demeanor um, we see uh, saw how he uh, acted after he struck out that one Astros player and gave him you know all the lip talking that that one Astros player was it I don't remember if it was was Carlos Correa was it not Talking about a couple years ago, yeah, when he was like, or Bregman, no, was Carlos Correa. You guys Correa. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, Correa. he was, you know, he was giving shit to him. And and I, I just didn't know who it was. this year where he, uh, he picked off uh, Aaron Hicks. Yeah, and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you think that's, you're all hot shit or something?" I, I wonder if uh, the Rockies catcher looked at Lurie like that. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a great quote, too, from uh, the, I think Joe Kelly actually talked about what that quote was um, when he picked off uh, Aaron Hicks. So go out there and find it if you can. Um, it's incredible just what he said. Oh, he said, so then I turn around and throw it and I beat it by a mile. I could see Aaron's face just demoralized. So I was like, that a baby, Aaron. What the fuck are you doing? I said, way to go. You're such a stud. That a baby. And I just let it rip because that was the dumbest shit I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Just play your game. Don't press. So, uh, hey, maybe Leary was pressing there. Don't and, press. Uh, you know, that's the dumbest shit that uh, that, that catcher's never seen. Um, I'm a little concerned about Graveman, too, uh, just before uh, we end this whole show. Uh, Graveman we've in got the last... Some, we've got some race results to get to, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. We'll, 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 oh, end, yeah. we'll end the bad, and then we'll get to the good. Um, so, Last 20 games for Graveman, 21 hits allowed, um, nine walks, and five earned runs, and he's got a FIP around four. The ERA is good around 237, but the FIP's around four. Um, I'm just concerned that maybe he isn't that great. Um, they end up paying more money for him than Joe Kelly, and he's. it just seems like a lot of base runners for him. Like, it, you know, it seems like the stuff is really dynamic. The slider's very good. The sinker's very powerful, but it's just rocky with him and and you know especially today adding on to where he's not able to find the strike zone it's it's tough having this guy as your eighth inning guy and and honestly at this point even though Raylo's injured like Raylo's the second most trusted reliever at this point in my mind in the season behind Hendricks and then I'd put Kelly or Graveman at three at this point with the way that Kelly's been pitching and if he's able to be healthy um I might rather see Kelly in some higher leverage situations than Graveman I don't know if you guys are changing your mind on that or have different opinions no I mean I think you just need confidence like if you have Graveman take a lesser role I'm sure that won't do anything for his confidence and he'll feel demoralized a little bit like I lost my setup role spot to a guy that wasn't in this position 
before in uh, Ronaldo Lopez. I think he's fine. He's a sub-3 ERA. I know it's like 2-8 now. And today looked absolutely terrible. He couldn't get anything over the plate. But I don't lose any faith over Kendall Graveman because, for as Vinny said, for the most part, even like three-fourths of the time he goes out there, you know he's going to give you a quality effort. Even if he gives up a home run like he did the other day versus the Guardians. I still uh, trust in Kendall Graven to get more outs than give up those home runs, much more outs than he gives up those home runs, and make people look silly out there with his sinker, his slider, his fastball, all the stuff that he brings to the table. Yeah, and hey, maybe that's been the thing right there is limiting home runs for him. Uh, he's only given up four this year, two in July. Um, but outside of that, when he allows base runners, uh, usually he's good at uh, negating them, and that's why he's got that low ERA um, outside of today. Um, maybe today was just an anomaly, but we'll figure it out. Um, Herb, I don't think this was an anomaly. Uh, we headed out to the alley uh, okay. of our offices, and you challenged Yasmani Grandal to a race. How'd it go? Uh, it went well. I mean, oh, did it? I, well, I mean, did I, 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 I <laughs> let's go to we, did it go well. We uh went, Stephen brought some uh the measuring stick, yes, we measured out 90 feet, and I ran it three times. We had we had uh Yasmani's sprint speed from yes. home to first base, which was so Statcast yeah. uh has his 90 foot split as 4.77 seconds. Okay, so that was the, the time, time to beat. Yes, yeah, so the time for him running out of the left handers batter box to first base. Took four point seven. Because which Herb, which Herb te- which challenged. Te- yes, he he said on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> I'm faster. Now. You said you are faster than Yasmani Grandal and could beat him in a race. Amen. After AJ Pollock gapped a double, Yasmani Grandal was on first, did not make it home, and you said I could beat that. I said I can beat him. He's real <laughs> slow, but also we didn't. Uh, uh, account for him being the left-handed batter's box. Let's go. That's like an extra two feet. Oh, you, you, want, you, you <laughs> oh, want some help boy. here? All right, oh, so boy. it was three times I went this uh, distance. The first time was like 5-5. Five, five. It was Sean filming from behind. Steven, our producer, was filming at the, the, the Steven, in line. Steven, can we get a more accurate uh, All right, number? The first time was 5-7. <laughs> Wait, yeah. hey, 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 hey. We have video yeah. evidence of this, do and we then, not? And then Vinny was taking... The time, so he said five seven for the first one, and I think five two for the second. You got down one. to five two, and yeah. I was like, I'm not losing this one. And I, it's like I'm gonna go extra hard. That's was, never a good thing, friends. Ever a good thing. So I, I was don't press. You were pressing. Oh my god, me and Larry were right <laughs> you there. You pull the Larry Garcia. Let's so, see the footage, says White Sox Tom. I think we can make I mean, that happen. I mean, I, before it's you even the, say what happened on the third, let me text It's you. on the internet, but also the people who are watching the live show on YouTube, you guys get to see oh. some of it, Ray or Sean. Also, it's a 5.5. I, I went back and checked it. It was a 5.5, then a 5.2. Yeah, you guys are taking my speed okay. away from me. All right. And then this happens. All right. So here we go. Are we showing all three or just no, the just last the, one? Just the, the, just the third one. So he ran one. a 5.5. Okay. He ran a 5.2. And then Herb tried for the third and final he was gonna. Sh- he tried to shave it down. Half half a coming. second. He coming. thought he was gonna be half a second it faster in the third in the third heat. What do you got, Steven? There Speed. he goes. There's there he goes. And then somebody shot me right in the leg. Oh god. My I leg. don't think they heard your skin scraping against the asphalt. I mean and, and technically oh all I have is like my knuck, my right knuckle and my middle finger is like scraped a little bit. And a little scrape on my got upper, some, got some like by the elbow. There, yeah. That's about it. That's pretty good. I mean, I, I, and, the, and the I pretty video. much pulled my my right hamstring. I don't have a right hamstring. Do you need one? <laughs> no, not you. Okay. That's what you're trying to do, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Just take the elbow. I mean, you'll be all right. These guys were saying that I was on track to beating Yasmani, so I'm going to take that. You were on track to be better than you were the second. You time. were on track yeah. to beat Herb too. Right. Right. Herb two was real slow. You'll need about just, ten shots to hey, beat Yasmani. By, by the time we're done. With this, and I regain a hamstring, I can borrow one of you guys. I'll try it again, one more time. I gotta, I gotta stretch out a little bit better. I thought I had stretched out well before this show. No, it didn't work. Do you guys want to see the extended cut? Yeah, there's an extended Absolutely. cut. Oh, oh there well, is. when I'm dead on the ground, bonus, Steven. bonus footage. Swing oh, no. and a miss, and here's the runner coming home, and the throw, and Valdez with the tag, they got him. <laughs> Valdez tagged out Pagan. Oh, that's on good. On the strikeout, the ball getting a few How did I not away. make it, though? Toll scrambling for it. Yeah, where's the tag? You're out. I went around the, the tag. I think you went over home plate. I got to talk to the ump, <laughs> man. He's the blocking plate, the plate. Right? Give me a give me a zone. Shall we play guess that Red Sox catcher? Any, any guesses? That was from um, a while Kevin ago. Pawaki. I was thinking Pawaki, maybe Saltolomachia, uh, 25. That's right way there? back when. Hey, and that's way back when. That didn't look like it was salty. As I said, I have a hamstring problem. I'm natural White Sox. 
Oh man! Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I could beat Yasmani Grandal in a race. I know it. I can't. You can. Yeah. You're faster than me. I don't know if I want to say I can and then not do it. Yeah, I mean, that's. I don't that's know if I'm that much you faster over than there. You. I open my mouth and then stick my foot in it. You're like, oh, I know that shit wouldn't be good. And Vinny's much smarter than all of us. It's like, you know, saying <laughs> dumb shit. You got to kind of prove that. <laughs> I just say it and then let it go out in the in the atmosphere and then these jerks like, hey, let's go and do it. Hey, and uh, like, son of a have, bitch. Don't ever slide into first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Danny Matheson saying, don't ever slide oh, into first. Oh, God. That's your, that's your, uh, that's your It is my thing. Advice. And, and Stoney, too. Yeah. Stoney's going to be really pissed at me. Oh, man. I didn't break anything. I'm good. That's that's the best news. And it sounds like Joe Kelly didn't either. Uh, the only thing that the White Sox broke were our hearts today. Uh, White Sox lose 6-5. to five. They split the series in Colorado. They got a three-game series coming up against Oakland starting on Friday. We got a show tomorrow, so we don't have to do too much previewing on this show. We can end it right now. We'll have a show for you, a live show starting at 4.30 tomorrow. It'll be Vinny, Herb, and I. Uh, so join us there. It'll be an hour of fun. We'll be doing a trade deadline special. So if you're thinking the White Sox need to add some bullpen pieces, if you think the White Sox need to add some left-handed bats, we'll talk about the names that could possibly be available, and hopefully we got some uh, expert advice as well joining the podcast, but we will see. That's Vinny Duber on the far left. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's a CHGO White Sox beat writer. Man in the middle is Herb Lawrence, the fastest man in the world. You can follow <laughs> him on Twitter. Fastest man on this set. Yeah, that's great. Right. Take that, Steven. Yeah, Steven. Get the fuck out of here. I'm going to the finish line. You're stumbling. Uh, now Steven and I will be in the alley after uh, uh, yeah. after today's show. They'll be out there all night trying to break <laughs> trying to break Herb's record. <laughs> 5.2 is the uh, official record for the CHGO White Sox 90-foot sprint. <laughs> well, maybe we'll invite Yasmani to our alley and see if he wants to run. Maybe he's better on asphalt. Anyways, I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. And if you want to find the full three legs that Herb ran. All three heats. To, all three heats. <laughs> go to at CHGO underscore White Sox on Twitter, and you can see all of them pieced together. It's about a minute and 20 of great fun. Uh, Herb, maybe next time. Get them next time. But for Steven Nicholas. I, I'm going to go out on it one more time, and we can go to the... Yeah, and screen after that. Okay, that's, that's I'm fine. I'm sure everyone wants to see it once more. So we'll send you off in good style. Thank you to Steven Nicholas for his production and his work uh, getting the Herb content already and prepped. And thank you to Fleetwood Mac for your 1979 album, Tusk. We'll see you tomorrow. Go White Sox. Speed. Gas. There it goes. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh.